Hi, and welcome to the Bible Belt Bros, hosted by Luke and Daniel, where we call to the church to stand up and step out in obedience to God. Thank you for tuning in today. We're excited to have you here. I hope this finds you blessed in the Lord, and without further ado, here is this week's episode of the Bible Belt Bros. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, good noon, I guess. Whatever your time you're listening to this, I hope it's a good time. But before we get rocking and rolling with this 16th episode, we got an advertisement for you. Hey Luke, how's it going? Pretty good, how about you? I'm oh, doing great. Hey, you listen to that banger of a 10th episode of the Bible Belt Bros? 10th episode, that was the... the cage match. C- cage match. Yeah, yeah good one, huh? Cr- Cage match. Yeah, pretty good, huh? It's a bop. You, Banger. You, you learned a lot from it, right? I'd say. Yeah. yeah. A good bit. Want to make it a bit more fun? Sure. I'd love making st- more fun. Stuff more fun. Yeah. Yeah, more fun than it already is, too. Yeah. Well, there's a way to do that. It's that? called Bible Belt Bros in slow motion. Presented by Bible Belt Bros in regular motion. Give it a shot. Hold on. Welcome back. Hey, hey, hey! Another episode. Yeah, so, listen to this ad in three, two, one. Hey, Daniel, you're at camp. Yeah? Hey, Daniel, you're at Jesus? Yeah? Hey, Daniel. Do you like fudge? Uh, yeah. Well, let me tell you about this new, this camp that's been around for several years now, but it's called Fudge Camps. You're wait, wait. I thought it was called Fudge. Oh. Uh, he, he can call it a, a, either way he wants it. But either way, huge uh, camps, fudge camps, whatever it is, it's a solid camp, one of the best, the best camp you can ever go to in the summer. Uh-huh. And you don't know how you get involved with it. How? All right. <laughs> <laughs> now that is Bible Bell Bros in slow motion. Wow, that was interesting. Something else. I mean, yeah. it was it was fun, and it we if if you could have seen us, we were rolling back here trying to keep quiet. That <laughs> slow mode going. You might have heard our chairs squeaking from when we were laughing, but. But I promise you, no matter how that sounded, we were sober when we recorded the episode. I feel like we have to make that clear, which, I mean, at that time we were on lead team, so it should have been that way anyways. Yeah, we were absolutely sober, not a drop of alcohol. We we were we were, <laughs> we were doing great. It just so happens that whenever we do it at half speed, it sounds like we're that way. The word choice also didn't yeah, help the, us out. The word all. choice, the way it was, the way we were talking, like everything just but it turned out that way. It's funny. You can have a good laugh with it. Go through yeah. some episodes on Apple Podcasts. Yes, on sorry, Apple Spotify Podcasts. doesn't do it at yeah. modified speeds. Unless so if you don't you... have an iPhone, sorry. Yeah, get an iPhone. Yeah, 
get with the get with the get with the get with the program, guys. Come on, this is the one time where you can conform. <laughs> there you go. All right, but well, we have an episode. We do. So, Daniel, I'm sitting in your chair. You're sitting in my chair. I did still, but the roles still remain the same. What okay. are we talking about today? Well, today we are talking about how the modern day gospel quotes on that sucks, like terrible. How, you, how are you spelling sucks in this episode? S-U-X, S-U-X just sucks, man. It's terrible. It's awful, miserable, not good. So, Luke, what is the modern day gospel? So, the modern day gospel is really just you know a sugar coating, a watered down version of what the Bible says the gospel is. I mean, that's kind of confusing, but essentially what it's saying is like, we are always friends with God. You know, the age old phrase, God loves you. He has a plan for your life. I mean, he does, but that's not all the gospel's about. It's a, a form of quote unquote gospel that takes on the form of like being the part of the gospel we want to hear without pulling in the rest of the gospel. We don't want to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's wrong because you know, it's, it's just wrong, but you're going to go into more <laughs> than that in a second, but yeah. it's just really essentially watering down and making the gospel either cut off or not what it's all supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So I kind of hit on this a little bit, but why is that? Why is this <laughs> modern day quote unquote gospel wrong? Damn. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's completely different from the gospel that um, essentially states that we're dead in our sin. Um, it's different than the gospel that says that we are enemies of God. And in fact, the way that David Platt says it in the book Radical is that the modern day gospel says that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Mm-hmm. But the real gospel says that we are an enemy of God and we have sinned and we are dead to him. And we need to be radically transformed. And that we need to be back, brought back from our dead state state of being dead. I mean, we, we've talked about this before on this podcast that, that sin leaves us dead, not just broken, dead. And we need to be radically, radically reshaped, changed, brought back to life. That's what the real gospel says. And it contrasts, this modern day gospel contrasts that. It's different. And that makes it wrong. Because, you know, anything that, that is apart from the gospel that pretends to be, it leads people straight and it's wrong. Yeah. So Luke, how is this how has this affected the church? So this question I could go on for I don't know a long time about it because if anyone's ever had a conversation with me about how you know my reservations about the American church these days, you know I have a good number of them, but it's all a result of this modern day gospel, and it's a result you know like how it's affected the church. It's led us to this place where we put our faith in a gospel, in this good news, that's not the entire good news. And one of my favorite pastors, Vody Bochum, um, said, your faith is only strong as the thing it's like situated on it, or what you have your faith in. So if your faith isn't only part of the whole gospel, your faith is not as sound as someone whose faith is in the full gospel. Hmm. And that affects our everyday life. It affects how the church does things. It affects how... People worship, how people pray, how people read the word, how people evangelize. It affects every walk of our life. And what we see now with, you know, how the American church does things, how the American church, you know, focuses more on the number than the like quantity of equality. That's what the American church focuses on. That's what we've kind of seen it as is a, a plug to get people in the door rather than 
worry about the people that are already in the doors and, you know, grow them as well as bring people in. And that like, it's just, it's really heartbreaking because so many people even put their faith in that, you know, mm-hmm. modern day gospel when they understand, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, God loves me. All right. I want to be a part of that. But is that where you stop? You know, there's more to just, I got to get saved. I got to walk down. I got to pray the prayer. There are 66 books in this one Bible that we ought to strive to know backwards and forwards. Is it possible? Maybe. But at the very least, we should strive for that knowledge and we should strive for that, that understanding to you know, show the love of Christ wherever we are. And in an increasingly divisive society against the gospel, we see a lot of you know falling away from it. Mm-hmm. And people who are in this lukewarm state of, you know, uh, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't live that way. Or, yeah, I go to church every now and then, but I, you know, I don't believe everything the Bible says. Or I think Jesus was just like a good guy who lived a good life and he was just a prophet or something like that. You know, it affects the church in so many different ways and so many different extents that it's just, you know, it's just heartbreaking mm-hmm. and it, it leads to shallow faith. It leads to shallow evangelism, shallow discipleship, shallow everything. Um, and if we don't fix it, you know, if we don't fix our understanding of it, there's, you know, the church is almost to the point of no turning back, which I don't guess with God, there's a point of no turning back, but, or I guess point of no return is the proper phrase, but <laughs> it's, it feels like we're going downhill fast and it's, you know, we got to understand what the true gospel is, which is in the Bible and not in the messages only preachers preach. But that is essentially how it's affected the church. Probably went around several points that I could have condensed a little bit. That's right. But that's how I do things. Yeah. I talk a lot. So we, it makes we, sense. We, we talk a lot here. Yeah. It's what we're, I mean, I was going to say we're paid to do it, but we don't get we, paid for this. We ain't paid at all. Don't get paid in money. Don't get paid in spiritual brownie points. Nope. Just yeah. uh, we get paid in joy. How about that? Yeah. But uh, <laughs> but even then, like we had this. Me, both me and Daniel had this experience. Was it yesterday? We did. Yeah. yeah Tuesday. So we're recording or, this on okay. Wednesday. Yeah. Record on this Wednesday. This is Tuesday. This is on Tuesday. Uh, February the eighth. Ninth. Sorry. Today's the tenth. My, my dates are bad. Uh, <laughs> <the> February. <laughs> we're posting this on the twelfth. Today's the tenth. We talked. Ah! Had this experience on the ninth. How are you so good at counting? I. I'm an engineering major. Okay, so you're right. But yeah, but on the <laughs> February the 9th. Yes, we, so this happens every semester. This church called Consuming Fire comes to campus and really just tries to bring people to Christ by calling out their sin and calling them to turn from their sin. And when that, you know, when that kind of evangelism strategy comes out, you can tell it's a misunderstanding of what the gospel is. Mm -hmm. They kind of see the flip side of it and say, oh yeah, God's wrath is on these people. They need to turn before they experience God's wrath. They see kind of the flip side, but it's also a version of this modern day false gospel, or at least incomplete gospel. And that leads to people being so abrasive towards it. um, So, you know, turned off towards that because they don't want to be ridiculed for, ridicule for their beliefs for their Mm -hmm. actions of course sin is bad but you shouldn't go out condemning them all of a sudden right there you know 
Yeah. Tell them about God's love and the <clears throat> the wrath He saved us from when He sent His Son. You know. Yeah. But if you you want to add anything to that experience, with yeah, what we it, talked about it was quite the experience. Yeah, I've always wanted to go talk to them ever since I came to state. My first time I saw them actually, I was I was visiting as a senior in high school, and I saw those people. I was like, oh my gosh! Now that's really a way is, to come to state. This is this is to the visit the school. I already knew I was. Church, I already right? knew I was gonna. I already knew I was coming to state. But it's like, dang, gum, <laughs> really. And sure enough, I mean, it's crazy. But, you know, when uh, uh, I saw someone tweet about it, and I was like, oh, I'm going, I'm going. And so, like, I ran over there. And I, I first thing, you know, I was just listening to the, the guy yelling. And I was kind of like, I was chuckling, you know. And this is one guy who started talking to me. He had a sign. I can't even remember what it says now. But, you know, I was telling him how I, was, I, just, I just don't think this is the right way to evangelize. And I told him how I've evangelized. And, you know, I talked about it being effective. And I guess that didn't sit well with him. And uh, we, we were talking for a while. And he, he actually he made me very angry at one point. But uh, he, he asked me, like, what's your name? And I said, Daniel. He's like, well, your God is Daniel. And I was like, whoa, 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 buddy. And actually, I, I laughed at that. I laughed because it was like, that that's just wrong. You know, and he, he had this assumption that because I wasn't with him, that I wasn't saved. And I was like, that's just completely ridiculous, man. And he put me in a really bad mood. Um, and I basically like just brushed the whole conversation off. It's like, you know, forget you. But there was one thing that he said that did sit well with me. And I told him, I was like, I agree with you on this. Uh, he, he said that, you know, that this, this, church that we have now the american church is just so arrogant and everyone is so arrogant in themselves and i was like dude i believe i, I agree amen to that like, I, I agree you know like don't think you know any arrogance you see in me i have arrogance in christ not in myself yeah i mean we're coming we're told to boast in christ that's where we find our identity why don't we boast in in him so uh, you know, I agreed with him on that, but I left that conversation. I was angry, and we came back. This guy, you know, I, uh, I, the Lord chose my shirt choice that day. It had a uh, Colby Cooper, the name of a country artist back home in Texas, I really like. And one guy was like, "That's my name," and his name's Colby with a K. Colby with a K. That's why it was interesting. But we talked to Colby for a while. Luke and I both did, and you know, good we, conversation. We shared testimonies, and I understood Colby's heart a lot. Um, obviously not not in its entirety you know I, I can't write a biography about him based on what he said but I, there is one thing i understood he, his heart was in the right place he wasn't holding a sign he wasn't screaming at people um he's like i'm out here because you know i, I love these people and i want them to be saved and i'm here to obey god you know he had two things very laid down yeah, his basis. basis for his faith was so um, you know it was it was strong and steady it was almost like you know and and he's almost kind of new to the faith in a sense, you know, he yeah, had, he had four years, he, five years, not that long mm-hmm. in terms. I mean, you know, he's 31. And so, right. you know, the life that he's living now, you know, he's been saying he's being sanctified. And it was like, okay, you know, he, he gets it, but he's also being misguided mm-hmm. right now. And I fear that there's going to be a day that, that he'll be out screaming and, and, you know, condemning people. But, but he was so kind hearted to us and, I was like, man, you know, the, the guy that I talked to, it sounded like he'd been doing this for years. And, 
you know, he got tired of people and he's just going to assume everyone's going to hell. And it's like, yeah, good job, buddy. But for Colby, it was like, man, he, he, he understands this. He's read his Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm sure the other guy has too, but like Colby has read his Bible and whatnot. So yeah. One thing that's like real interesting about those people, like they can quote scripture left and right. And it kind of humbled me to look me a little bit. I'm like, I don't, I mean, I haven't memorized that much scripture as much mm-hmm. as I need to. He was popping it off left and right, but He's just misguided. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one thing I've always heard and I've, I want to let people know is like the gospel is not about behavior modification. It doesn't serve to just change how you live to stop you from sinning. It serves to t- change your heart and mm-hmm. save you, yeah. you know, from hell, from God's wrath. Not just to make you live a better life. Not just to make you feel happy, feel good inside. That's not what the gospel is about. If it was, Jesus wouldn't really have to die, I don't think. He would just tell you how good you're doing. You know, you're doing great. Make the make be your best self. He wouldn't have suffered and he wouldn't have been destroyed. Yeah. But he so. needed to. Why? Because God's wrath is strong and mm-hmm. someone needed to take it on. <clears throat> but briefly before our break, um, Daniel, one last question. Yeah. What can we do to break free from this false modern day gospel yeah, to break free from all of this you know and even even from the two extremes you know we, we talked about two extremes here y'all you know of complacency and of really just extremism and and pure wrath we want to break free from both these extremes uh, we want to be radical and you know i just said don't be extreme but be radical mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're going to dive into that yeah. after this break here but we, don't, we want to be radical and we don't want to be complacent we want to be radical compared to the eyes of the church because I wish I could say we should be normal, but unfortunately I have to use the word radical and David Platt has to use the word radical when the title of that book should be normal. But the way we live our life, the way we strive for holiness, for godliness, the way we are consumed by the Holy Spirit, it, it, it should be more radical than it is now. Yeah. So we're going to, Dive into that after the break, but for now, enjoy a quick little break. Hey guys, Luke left. So you're stuck with me right now. Honestly, I didn't know what I'd do if I got here, but I was coming back. I don't have that much longer. All I gotta say is I love you guys. Hope you're having a wonderful day. How are you doing? Go, go do something awesome. And yeah. Hey guys, now Daniel is gone. Now I can do whatever I want. So I'm just going to sit here and talk about NASCAR. NASCAR is fun. Yes, they only turn left, but it's a fun sport. And yes, it is a sport. I love it. This Sunday, February 14th, Valentine's Day, NASCAR is back. Daytona 500. 2.30 Eastern, 1.30 Central, on Fox. Go watch NASCAR. Do your heart good. And at least wait, you know, do it because baseball starts the next weekend. So this weekend, there's no football. There could be, there's basketball. Watch NASCAR. Hey. That's all I got to say. Welcome back, everybody. Howdy. All right. Well, we're going to go straight back into the thing. I know this is a crazy break. It's been a crazy episode. Would we count it as two breaks or just one it was haphazard a, it, it break? It was a super break. Super break. A super break. Ah, gotcha. I like that word. Solid. Super break. 
It's a nice word. Like I've been saying, it's been a crazy episode. But we're going to go straight into our uh, post-break activity or, or – Second half. Yeah, the first the first thing we always do after the break is read some scripture because, well, it's the Bible. We are the Bible Belt Bros. We've probably said this a dozen times. At least. But we're the Bible Belt Bros in case you were wondering. So we read the Bible. <laughs> But I'll, uh, I'm going to dive into Romans 1, verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greeks. And this is one we hear a lot, Romans 1, 16. I mean, it's almost, it's the, it's the theme verse of a whole movement of uh, hip-hop, basically. And, and of a lot of believers who, who you know, who pour their pour their faith into into music, but you know the, the important thing to know about this is that we're, we're sharing this gospel about we're sharing the scripture about the gospel, and to be radical we got to be unashamed. To be radical, we have to be consumed by this power of God that brings salvation to all who believe. To be radical, we got to believe. We've got to believe. Got to believe in this gospel. You got to believe in Jesus Christ. You got to repent from sin. You have to turn to God. So, yeah. Solid. All right. Next passage of scripture Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9, which read, For you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, and not from works, so that no one can boast. That's, I mean, that's straightforward. We are saved by grace through faith. It doesn't say we are saved through our works. It doesn't say we say we are saved by anything we did. The only thing we brought for our salvation was the sin that made it necessary. I mean, there's no, we could do nothing to achieve salvation. We could do nothing to, you know, we couldn't do anything to achieve God's love. He gave it. I mean, we did nothing to earn that. I mean, I, I guess except be part of his creation, which he was he was over that anyways. But in the in essence, there is nothing we can do to save ourselves. Mm-hmm. Not from works, so that no one can boast, verse nine. That's God designed it that way, in a way so that we wouldn't boast and say, Oh yeah, I'm more Christian than you because I'm doing more works than you. That's not that's not it. You don't do works to get saved. You do works because you were saved. That's all I'm going to say about that one. Yeah. Uh, the next bit of scripture that we have is Galatians 5, verses 22 through 24. And this is the fruit of the Spirit. And it says, starting in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against, against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And as it's so important to know that radical Christianity is bearing the fruit of the Spirit, that having this fruit here, having love, having joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, self-control, all of these things, they're evidence of our faith. And in, in, in taking part in these, in these fruit, Bearing this fruit, it only happens when 
when our, our flesh, when our, when our passions and our desires have been crucified because we belong to Jesus Christ. Only, only through that. And it's so important to know that, that being radical, that we bear these fruit because without, without, if we didn't have this, we, we, we'd be the same. And in fact, the verses before, uh, prior to the fruit of the spirit, Paul talks about a lot of the actions of the flesh, the deeds of the flesh. He talks about, you know, just a few things, immorality, idolatry, sorcery, strife, jealousy, anger, dissension, factions, envying. I mean, all of these things, guys, they, they, these two things, they contrast each other. Can't have one or the other. So I'm, I'm just going to leave that at that right now. Um, I'll get back to it later. Fair. Um, 1 John 4, verses 9 through 10, say that God's love was revealed among us in this way, that God sent His one and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's the gospel. Through God's love, he had to send his son to die for you to save us from his wrath due to our sins. It's not The gospel is not part of that. The gospel is not just God loves you. The gospel is not, ju- not just Jesus died for you. The gospel is not just God has wrath against you because you're a sinner. The gospel is all of that combined into one common belief, one common thread, one common good news that people have so misconstrued and watered down and made incomplete when they preach because they're focused on how can we make people feel comforted and loved rather than how we can bring people to Christ. This has to stop before it gets out of hand. And Satan is taking advantage of this. I mean, you can see in the, just talk to me about how much stuff I my reservations about the church. Satan is taking it to to his advantage and he's using it to his advantage to turn people away from the true gospel because he knows this is similar enough to where people will, you know, want to follow that one rather than the true one. Mm-hmm. I mean as simple as that. So quit talking about the false gospel false gospel, the incomplete gospel. Yeah. That's all I'm gonna say. Because I know Daniel his heart is in this little next part, so I'm going to leave it up to him. The mic yeah. is yours, and I'll interject when I feel like I need yeah. to. But I will, the mic is yours. Go <laughs> you had, for it. You had your time in the Because we actually episode. have a mic. Yeah, we do now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you know, just, just something I'll share uh, when I woke up this morning. Just the Lord was putting something on my heart. And I went, at first, I wasn't too sure what it was. Um, and there, there was just something, a message that I'd listened to multiple times um honestly i listen to it whenever i i feel that that i'm starting to to my desires are starting to shift to the world and it was a paul washer message and if as you know me i listen to a lot of paul washer i think he's a phenomenal preacher who who, who preaches from the word of god who so passionate and he loves people so much that it's so evident in what he says that he loves he loves us um everyone who who listens to so what he has to say, but um, yeah, that's why we're going into radical Christianity. And it was a message where he talked about, I would say probably almost 20 years ago, 
Um, you know, uh, I'm not entirely sure when it was, but it's to a big old conference. And, you know, he was so fed up with how we had taken the gospel and shifted it and, and made it our own little American image, I guess. I don't know. It's definitely something. But he wanted to talk about radical Christianity. And that that's why a lot of our focus has kind of been on radical Christianity. Because, I mean... And I said this not that long ago, it shouldn't be called radical Christianity. It shouldn't be. But here we are, we're calling it that. And, you know, that's the boat we're in. But radical Christianity is bearing the fruit of the Spirit, guys. I mean, you know, showing love, showing joy, showing peace, patience, all these things. You know, being a radical Christian, and I'm almost saying this verbatim from, from what he had to say, radical Christianity is not going to a concert. It's not wearing your D-Now shirt. It's not going to passion. Um, you know, I'm fed up with so much about all these things that we do in the comfort of our homes and, and, and you know, just all this. We, we brag about our freedom and, and all that. And, yeah, it might be great, but, you know, what, what, what's it done for us? I mean, we're so complacent with everything that we consider being a radical Christian is spending $130 or something like that to go spend your new year in a, in a, in a big old dome. Now I'm not going to say it's wrong. That's not all what I'm saying, but that's what our definition for being a radical Christian is. Then we are, we are not in the right spot right now. We're not, but it's not until our definition is set right. Because all around the world, this freedom doesn't exist. I mean, there are people all the time who have been murdered for their faith. You know, one of my best friends from high school, he would carry around this book, the, the Book of the Martyrs of the Faith, starting starting with Stephen in, in Acts 7 and 8. And, and there's so many people who have been killed because they understood that Dying now and being with God is better than living now and dying for eternity. I understood that this gospel is so worth dying for. But also we need to understand that we need to live for this gospel too. We need to live in a way in which we, we bear these fruits. We need to love one another. We need to have joy. And I've, I've gone over these fruits so many times the last few minutes, but... It is so important because against these things, there is not a law. There is nothing that, that, that can stop us. Whenever we're so consumed by the Holy Spirit, we fall under conviction in that we're weeping. We even can get to the point where we weep over sin, guys. But, you know, we're, we're, we're not at that point right now. Um, you know, and Luke is talking about it a little while ago, that uh, you know, the direction that we're going, we're, we're, it's, it's, you know what, I, I'll be willing to say we're almost at a point of no return. Obviously, I, I do not doubt the power of God at all for revival. I never have doubted him. I never will doubt him for that. And I pray, I pray that he will change our hearts pray that he will 
he will transform us. I mean, that's Romans 12, too. Do not conform to the world, but be transformed by God. Be transformed by him. So that's 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 all I got on that. I mean, I I went on a huge rant, and you know, I hope I hope whatever the Lord has placed on my heart has has been able to to speak to you, and I hope and pray that you know, whatever He's saying to you right now, I hope it it aligns with that in some way, because something needs to change, guys. Something needs to change, and right now we're. We're not radical. We're we're complacent, and we want that to change. So, I'll throw it to Luke right now. Yeah, and I'll speak on this a little bit um, before we even recorded like the first half and whatever. We we're talking about this kind of you know radical needs to be normal and producing fruit and whatnot. Yeah, you know, obviously the fruit is the you know the product of our relationship with Christ and us walking with Christ. And in Mark eleven, verses twelve through fourteen, and really all. Verses 12 through the end of the chapter talks about the fig tree that Jesus that Jesus cursed. And it's real interesting because in this in the parable, which wasn't even supposed to be a parable, but Jesus turned it into a parable. Mm-hmm. Um he sees this fig tree with leaves and he goes to see if there's any figs on it. There's not any figs on it, and he curses it. But the the verse 13 says for it was not the season for figs. So I, had, I was confused for a minute, but then I realized in reading commentary, it's because the tree put on the facade, put on the the falsity, the, I guess the mask, so to speak. I mean, trees can't mm-hmm. put on masks, but <laughs> it looked like the tree was producing fruit, but it didn't. So the tree, in essence, claimed falsely that it was producing fruit. And that's why Jesus killed it. And, you know, the disciples with him are like, why'd you kill the tree? And he was like, because this tree was seeming like it was producing fruit, but it wasn't. And that's what we need to get past with the faith is we need to be quit. We need to quit being Christians in name only. Mm-hmm. Be a Christian in the way you live and the way you talk in the way you act in the way you pray in the way you, you know, do everything. You know, whether it's schoolwork or whether it's your job or whether it's just, you know, cleaning your apartment. I don't know. Whatever you do, mm-hmm. let it be glorifying to the Lord because that's the purpose we're here. There is no other reason we should do that. There's no other reason we should, we should do any work of God other than to glorify God and to make his name known wherever we are. And if we claim to produce fruit and we don't produce fruit, Y'all know what's going to happen. Read Revelation when it talks about the lukewarm Christians. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let y'all read that. If you know what's going to happen, you know, it's it's not pleasant. And that's, I mean, that's really all we're trying to get past here is mm-hmm. lukewarm Christianity will lead to despair like you will never know. Missional moment, you know what that is. Um, let's go right into it. This week, we're going to be praying for the Turkmen people in Turkmenistan. This is almost the, the uh, large part of the population in Turkmenistan. There's four and a half million of them all spread out throughout the country. Um, so the population, and then there's there, almost all of them entirely Muslim. Um, 
There are very few people who heard the gospel, very few people who know Christ, and so we're going to pray for them and, and go from there. So let's pray. <clears throat> Father God, we first we want to glorify you for, for just for how majestic you are, for how amazing and and fantastic you are. Praise you for the cross that leads to salvation. Lord, I want to lift up the Turkmen people, all four and a half million people, uh, almost virtually, basically none, none who know you. Um, very few even, even dare say your name. All of them follow Allah and are far from you. So I ask that you raise up missionaries. I ask that you uh, raise up believers there. You send people. I ask that you speak to their hearts. I ask that you would you would save these people from their sin. And in the end, be glorified. Be glorified among the Turkmen people. That's your name I pray. Amen. Awesome. Well, this is episode 16. We're going to change it up a little bit. We are. We're adding a little element. And we're going to call Daniel hates this name, but I love it. So we're going to stick with it. But oh, we're calling yeah. it Bible Belt Bros Recommendations because it'll be alliteration. Everything starts with the B. So we're fancy over here. Uh, but anyways. Luke's fancy over here. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I can give my recommendation. First or second? You just said you first. could give it. Okay, first. first. Okay. <laughs> Go first. <laughs> I didn't specify. No, you um, my recommend recommendation today is <laughs> anything uh, uh, from Paul Washer. Um, you know, it's almost a lot of what I said today is based off of his preaching. Um, I listened to him a lot. You know, I listened to one one of his sermons this morning that really really convicted me and uh, told me a few things about. You know, how to approach sin in my life. And so it was really good, really good to listen to him because he's so passionate and you can just tell that, you know, he, he, he loves everyone and he's so passionate about people. So Paul Washer is my, I'll say it, I guess, recommendation. Your bre- there you go. That might be the only time you hear me say that. I'm sure I'll hear you say it again. Um, but my recommendation is this podcast, um, shout out to Hannah for recommending this, but it's called Recommending It to You. Brec- <laughs> yeah, she recommended it to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now you're you're forcing it upon me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I had to. But it's called Defend and Confirm. And it's a just apologetics podcast that really gets into the basis of, you know, why we believe what we believe and kind of formulates like logical background logical arguments for biblical standings and really just what apologetics is but i've listened to it for like three or four days and i'm already 11 episodes in so it's really good stuff um yeah defend and confirm it's a just podcast you can find spotify apple Podcasts. you know probably anywhere you can find podcasts but that's my recommendation for this week (laughs) and we'll yeah well, that's about it. That's everything we got today. It's a long one, but hey, you made it here. Yeah. If you're listening to us, you actually made it. If it was a long episode, that means we talked a lot, which 
is, is either really good or really bad. Um, hope it was good. Hopefully, <laughs> I hope it was. I hope. <laughs> well, y'all will be the judge of that. But uh, we are thankful for each and every one of you. We definitely are um, for listening and being faithful. And yeah, that's about it. So love you, adios, amigos. For out of much affliction and anguish of heart, I wrote to you with many tears, not so that you would be made sorrowful, but that you might know the love which I have especially for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bible Belt Bros. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Bible Belt Bros Pod. Ask us questions and tell us how we can be praying for you. Until next time, be blessed in the Lord.